You're listening to The Marriage Project Podcast, episode number eight. Hey there, welcome back. My name is Alicia Miller, and I'm the host of this podcast. Every story here, every episode, is a different couple sharing their story, their testimony of how Jesus came in to cold of their hearts, and how they now are in a committed marriage relationship living to honor God. And it really is here to just shine a light on the sanctity that is marriage and to answer some of those hard questions or some of those confusing questions that you may never have thought of before. Who invented marriage? Who designed it? What is marriage? And what are some of the hard things we're currently walking through in marriage? On today's episode, Chris and Jessica Duncan talk about some really important things that affect any marriage, our past, and we're going to dive into sex within marriage and sex before marriage and the importance of purity. This episode is about intimacy and dealing with our pasts and how they've navigated that in their marriage. And I realize this is a hard topic to talk about because there are so many different opinions surrounding it. It's a hot button issue in my mind. Our culture has made it so mainstream. It's so casual. And there are just so many opinions swirling around the topic of sex. But we're just speaking from experience and places from our past. Our culture today just says, you know, sex is something that you you do when you're dating or it's a way to get to know each other or my body is your body or do what feels good. But I've experienced something entirely different. I have experienced heartache and hurt and shame and guilt and many more things beyond that when it comes to sex outside of marriage. When I'm ever asked a question that is a hot button issue in today's culture, it really doesn't matter my opinion because it goes back to this question. Do I believe in God? My answer is yes. I'm going to look at what the Bible says about this. And the Bible has a lot to say about sex and sexual sin. And some of the verses that talk about sexual sin, you can look them up on your own, are 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5, 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20. And we talk about this verse on the podcast. Verse 18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Romans 1, 21 through 27. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. Matthew 5 through 28. There's also beautiful verses about sex too and its intended purpose. And Mark 10, 6 through 9 talks about them being made male and female. And for that reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and that they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Proverbs 5, 15-19 gets really descriptive if you want to look up that chapter. And there's the book of the Bible called Song of Songs, and that goes very into detail about delighting in each other and coming together as one, belonging to your beloved, his desire being for you. And it's it's a beautiful book of the Bible, and it's talk about romance. It's all in that book. Galatians 5 talks about walking in the Spirit, and when you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And then it breaks down the acts of the flesh, and it says they are obvious. It says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and continues. But it contrasts with the fruit of the spirit, which when we abide in Jesus and in his spirit and walk with him, this is what is produced in us. It's love, joy, peace, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness. And so since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's what it is. It's a war between flesh and spirit. As children of God, knowing who God is, or just even believing in God, it's important to know what He says about these things, about this topic. And as you listen along today, I, again, I don't want you to feel condemned because that's not from God. God convicts. And it's important to listen to that conviction and that little nudge to just confess to him and bring it before him because he already sees everything. There's nothing you can hide from God, nothing that you can hide from God. And there's danger in covering up sin because it just continues to accumulate. And I just went through the verses in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. And you know that feeling When you take a shower after being out at the beach or just working hard and you've sweat all day and that shower just feels so refreshing because you step out and you're just clean. In that same way, whatever we've been harboring, whatever sin we're committing against God, our souls, our hearts need washing. He wants us to come to him to get a heart wash. And by just saying it, saying, God, you've seen what I've been doing You already know it. I just want to come to you and talk to you about it. Wash my heart. Cleanse my heart. Make me new. He'll honor that. He just needs it to be a true sorrow for the sin and seeing sin for sin. I think we have become so callous to things and that word sin sounds so religious, quote, but it's not. It's something that we need to deal with and And we feel, talk about feeling good, that moment of being made new or feeling cleansed because you've come before God and you've dealt with it is going to feel so much better than any temporary pleasure that sin offers because it's counterfeit. It's something we have to continually just keep taking and taking because it's never going to fill us up. And we see that in the Bible. We see that God did design sex and he designed it for our good pleasure, but there are boundaries that he's put around it. It's because he knows what's going to hurt you. Just like a parent, just like a good parent would put discipline or boundaries around their child, so does God, and he knows the power that lies within sex. So we talk about this in this episode. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I just want to say that, this prelude, because we're saying what we're saying from a place of love and care, and it really ultimately doesn't matter what I say, what Jess says, what Chris says. It matters what God says. So Look up those verses and sit with him and know that he loves you. He's not condemning you. He loves you. He wants your heart. He wants to make everything new. He wants to cleanse you. And he is faithful to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. So we are with Jessica and Chris Duncan. And Sakai. (laughs) We're going to talk about purity Mm -hmm. because that's something that's on both of our hearts. And I'm sure yours, Chris. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah. thank you. On all of ours. And sex. Yes. Before marriage. Before. And within marriage. And after baby. <laughs> and after baby. Mm-hmm. And no sex after baby. Mm-hmm. Is what you guys are saying, that the struggle is real, right? That's what Chris said. Yes. Struggle is real. Just in your guys' defense, not, it's only been like four months. No, it's been longer, but anyway. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's true, because you're pregnant. <laughs> Jess, you mentioned that you thought marriage mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. was going to be this like ideal. Just, yeah. What you see in the movies and magazines and everything that it's having dinner on the table every single night, delicious gourmet three course meal. It's gourmet three course. I don't know. <laughs> lots of food. Um, lots of food. Lots of sex. Lots of talking. Lots of like that. Like that. <laughs> lots of a lot. Um, and yeah, it was not like that. It wasn't like that. And not that that was bad actually, but it just was cool to be stripped of that expectation because that's not the reality of things. And I think we found that out the first couple months of marriage, right? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, but that's like a bonus. That's a bonus in marriage. It's not what you want your marriage to be rooted in. It's, it's just a bonus. Which is really cool. Yeah, of course, we all want a marriage with food and sex. It's I think, a good thing. I think for the folks that, that are listening to this, that we you probably have the same expectation that hey, you know, sex is wild every night. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wild, um, and uh, you know, there's gonna be food all the time. There's gonna be good conversation, or you get to play video games while your wife just sits and reads a book. Oh my and, you know, there's scenarios like that that's <laughs> probably go across some husbands' minds. Uh, the reality is that that first couple months or the first year, you're gonna find out. Um, that you know, mm-hmm. it might not be exactly what you think it is, and the way you find out, don't be discouraged. Don't think that hey, did I choose the right person, or did I choose the wrong person, or this isn't how it's supposed, this to, isn't be. How it's supposed to be. No, take that first year and figure out what marriage is about. Don't mm-hmm. don't go in there high horse or what's it called, high hopes, high hopes or whatever. Don't well, go I mean, into- I, I don't know, maybe we do want to go high yeah. hopes, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, so don't go in there thinking that all this is going to happen off the bat. Or don't feel like you're a failure, mm-hmm. right? That, definitely, yeah. yeah. If what you expected out of marriage isn't happening in the first year. Right. Yeah. Because you might hear stories of, like, it's been bliss and it's been amazing and this and this and that, and then you could hear or that and think, why isn't my marriage like that? Yeah. But you guys are telling us something different. Yeah, and, and not that it wasn't because um, mm-hmm. – for us, I think it was, I thought it was fun. I had a, I have a friend uh, told me, and I, I feel like she kind of set the expectation, a good expectation for our first year before we got married. And she said, don't let anybody say, like, it's difficult, it's hard, or the first year is the toughest. She's like, it's fun. It was just a good, happy time, even though it was hard, but it doesn't have to be miserable. Take take that first year to break down all your expectations and everything that Everything that you, you've been used to, so what you grew up, the environment you grew up in, just remember there's two people coming together in one house, or oh. one apartment like us, one yeah. little apartment. Two um, pasts, it, two upbringings, it, yeah. parents. We talk different, we receive different, we got to figure all, all those keys out before we really get down to the nitty gritty. That's good. Um, so your guys' story and how you met is really unique and it's funny, it's cute. So can you guys share just really quick retelling of it? Yeah, so pretty much Instagram. Well, I saw him first, but I, like on TV, on a <laughs> dumb show. There was something about him, and then I, it was TV, so of course I didn't know how to get to him. And we have to just say really quick, because people are going to hear that and say, <laughs> yeah. okay, wait, you saw him on TV. What show did you see him on? It was uh, Parental Control, if you guys remember. <laughs> on uh, TV. Sorry, Early guys. 2000s. Don't Google it, it's an embarrassment. <laughs> You won't find it. I tried, and I didn't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's where parents try to find a new boyfriend for the person. Anyway, he was a horrible boyfriend. But <laughs> I somehow – It was fake. fake. Yes. So he stood out to me for some crazy reason. And fast forward, I was 20 
well, I was 16 when I saw him. So fast forward, I was 20 and I was talking with a friend and she ended up being a mutual friend. And mm-hmm. uh, we posted a picture. He found me. He started following me. That was before DM. So we had to do it the old school way. And yeah. he gave me his number and like a really old picture, you know, because you don't want everybody to know your phone number. That, that, that was DMs back in the day. So he gave me his phone number. And obviously I had been waiting, what, four years for this? <laughs> So then I said, I'm not going to play hard to get. I'm not going to wait. So I just texted him immediately, and he was shocked. And then, yeah, we just had a really good conversation from that point on. And then we met three months later. In person. In person at the movie theater. Okay. Don't do this, anybody. <laughs> this is dangerous. This you got to not make to sure do. they're a real person first. And then, so and then three years later, we got married. Three years later, there's a lot going on in three years. We talked about that, mm-hmm. or we've talked about that but you guys are open about having sex before marriage yes mm-hmm. we're not open to it mm-hmm. we're open about talking about it yes <laughs> true yes. that's a very good clarification yes <laughs> you guys are yes so you're open to talking about sex before marriage because you had sex before yes. marriage and during the course of your dating relationship you both found the lord but at different times uh-huh. So, Jess, it was your willingness to actually let Chris go in that span of dating. Mm -hmm. You gave him over, just surrendered that relationship, essentially, right? And what happened on on your end? During the time that I let go? Yeah. Yeah, so... And how you guys had become intimate... Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it was just pretty early on. It was being in those situations where, like, nobody else is around and... Like, don't do that, people. If you're trying to not, if you're trying to stay pure in your relationship, don't be in a place where there's anybody. Like, hang out with a bunch of people that will keep you accountable. Right. But anyway, um, not that we were trying to. We were totally not living for the Lord. So it's not like we were trying to not have sex. Right. (laughs) Because that's like a norm. Yes, yes. Um, It's something you do. It's it's almost like the... It's totally backwards. You got to figure out if the sex is good. If the sex is good, then I'll think about, you know, right. being their being girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, like, it's like completely better. It's first is like, are we sexually compatible? Which is, right. I call it just empty pleasure. Like mm. it's, it's pleasure that just in a moment and then afterwards it's over. Okay. What do we do? Do we fall asleep? Do we watch a movie? Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Cause that was the root of it or that's not the root of it, but that's just the basis mm-hmm. of, well, of the relationship. Especially sex before you even find out who the Lord is and what he designed it for. You, you see sex as something as. For yourself. So you got your self-gratification. Mm-hmm. What else do I need? I don't need yeah. to marry you. I'm already, I already have my sex. I already got what I need. Yeah. Then later on when you get married, you find out that sex is for the opposite person. It's for your wife or for your husband. So you want to please the other person. You have to disregard what you feel. And then in return, they want to please you. You know. Yeah. And this is from a place where like, um, we look back at our relationship when we were dating. And I can't figure out why or how we started to. Why we did have sex or like did we feel love for each other because once we fast forward um did stop having sex it was like we found new ways to love each other to communicate to hang out in different ways other than just you know the act of having sex and being with each other because it's not even a connection or intimacy it's it's really just empty pleasure i would say yeah Um, so thinking back to it, what it is now is completely different than what it was before. Right. Because we don't solely rely on sex. Back then we relied on it. That was something that, oh, let's get together on the weekend. 
hopefully that's involved. You know, yeah. That's, and I don't even think it it was a relationship. It was yeah. it was just that we didn't even actually have a relationship with each other, mm-hmm. and we didn't know who each other was. We just knew, I guess, what our bodies looked like and what what we wanted, and it just so happened to please the other person. But yeah. it was just very uh, selfish, like like take take take. Yeah, and it was like this is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So but that's what we know now. That. That's not what we thought back then. Right. You know? We right. thought that yeah. this was a relationship. Yeah. We, we love each other. And, you know, yeah. This, is, you this know. is how I show you I yeah. love you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, my testimony, and I went through living through similar things, mm-hmm. and having you get hurt by that too. You hurt yeah. each other because God did design marriage. Or design marriage, he did, yeah. but design sex for marriage because he wants to keep sex safe. Yeah, it's sacred, and you become one with people and yeah, or a person soul when ties you are so real, yeah. <laughs> so 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 real. You carry that with you into your marriage. Yes, yeah. Um, even so, you guys had had this intimate relationship, yet when you found Jesus, mm-hmm. you said that you desired Him even more than this relationship with Chris. Yeah, and yeah. That, that and was. That was what got me. That was the point where I was like, you're willing to choose someone in some old book yeah. over me? I mean, I'm standing right here in front of you, and you're choosing some imaginary person. Yeah. And you want to shut off, you know, this pleasure that that's going on. Yeah. I, I didn't understand, and that's probably what my cue was to think, hey, who is this person? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, right? it wasn't easy. Like, it, it was a battle, and it took time because, for me, it was like a person in front of me, and... Jesus became real the more I looked, the more I sought him, sought um, him. For a long time, I was just like, okay, well, if something happens, then then I can fully dive into my relationship with God. Then I can do what he asked me to do. Then I can be pure. Then Because after a while, I knew that that's what I should have been doing, but I was still falling into the same routine. Mm-hmm. I was still falling into the same, well, this is my boyfriend. And I was also twisting the words in the Bible, I thought, okay, well, they didn't have ceremonies back then, and they didn't have white dresses and this and that. So I was like, okay, well, I know that I eventually want to marry him, so this is my husband. So I was twisting what it really said, and there was a point where he's like, no, he's he's not your husband. He has not committed that. Mm-hmm. He's not your husband, and my husband could have been somewhere else. So um, that was anyway. A, that was another thing that got me. She was like... You know, my husband's probably out there right now. I'm just having sex with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it wasn't easy at all. But, yeah, there came a point where um, that did happen, and I, I just said, Lord, take him. Take him away, and this is my chance to just walk with you and not be distracted and do things the right way and just take him. And I said, if, if he's not my husband, then just let him be that guy that leaves it that way and never texts me again mm-hmm. and – I really, really prayed for that, and um, about a few days a week or so later, I got a message from him, and I said, okay, well, if he's back in my life, if I allow him back in my life, then I have to be honest, and I have to tell him that I don't, like, I'm not going to pursue a relationship with a man that is not of God, and and being a man of God means more than putting it on your profile and going to church with somebody or or stating it, being a man of God is really walking in your purpose, walking in that, or, or trying, being, you know, convicted by what the Word of God says, and um, just leading your girlfriend, your whoever you want to pursue to Christ, not to draw her to you, you know? I, I, think um, in, I think in a nutshell, it's just, if you really think God is first, if you really say that you put God first... 
You do too? Okay. <laughs> if you really put God first, that means you're not putting yourself first. It's just, it's funny because I used to be the same way. I'd say, oh, God first. God, you know, he's number one. But if he's truly number one, I wouldn't be going around what he tells me to do and to keep my relationships pure and, and not have sex before marriage. Help me explain. That. Like if God is first, then uh, if God is first in your life, then why aren't you being transformed? Thank you. And and that was the, the point for me too, that I'm like, okay, if I have this relationship with God, if I'm going to church constantly, if I'm reading the Bible, then why isn't this piercing me? Why isn't this changing me? Right. And, and I think the big factor was I was sinning against myself. I was having sex. I was, that I'm not putting him first. So it was kind of like what was stopping me from my, like really living in my relationship with him and walking truly with him and in the purpose that he had for me and for my relationship that I didn't know at that point he had a purpose in um so once or I decided that we both talked about it it was like our relationship and the purpose he had for our relationship truly started showing itself you know we built that and got stronger because we were able to walk in that yeah we put him first and tried to understand what his definition of a relationship was or is and and instead of relying on our, our own definition of what a relationship is what we mm-hmm. experienced which is sex and sleepovers mm-hmm. and what our definition was instead we said hey let's put him first let's mm-hmm. allow him to tell us what the definition is mm-hmm. and this is what came out of it yeah Zakai. little Zakai. and it's um to kind of what you were saying like about us and what we thought our relationship was like we we're fallen like we always are going to define things and yeah. it's so important to go back to the bible and what the bible defines right as what a marriage is what a relationship is um how it should be because we could try to define it in so many ways and it's always going to be like imperfect because we're imperfect yeah. people and mm-hmm. that's okay right you know like we're not perfect, that's but where that's grace. where we need to be rooted in because that's what tells us the answers. I actually had this verse on my heart earlier, so I looked it up. It's Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Yep. And I remember that just, like, yeah. ripped yep. me, too, because I was like, whoa, he knows everything, and he wants us to come bare before him. And you know what's funny is that we love that, especially yeah. as believers now, we love that. But yeah. before I was a believer, when right. I went there, what I translated into was, this is making me feel like crap. Right. Like, I don't want to feel this way. Right. Yeah. Now we go because we want to be convicted. We right. want to, like... Yeah. Because yeah. we want to honor him, but, right. but you know, before Christ, we're like, we want to honor ourselves, you know. Right. Yeah. The verse that I was trying to think of was um, Proverbs 21, 2. All man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Mm. Like, we all think that we're right. We all think that we have the right mm. idea, but but the Lord is, he's going to reveal to us what really is, yeah. you know, what's right and wrong. Just, I love how you shared before how Chris's unconditional love through some of yeah. those harder moments have <clears throat> demonstrated Jesus' love. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, soul ties are real. Um, And what I mean by that is, like, there's consequences. Um, You know, you remember things and you have dreams, you see things, Mm -hmm. you whatever. Like, there's consequences um, to Mm -hmm. those things and to having sex before marriage, um, to being with other people, to carrying them into your relationship. After marriage, that's one of the things that was stripped is, is my expectation, but also what I carried into marriage was that I didn't feel worthy, that I didn't feel clean, that I 
yeah, just that I carried a past and I carried that shame from that. Yeah. That's something that we had to go through. We had to talk about it. We had to, I mean, Chris had to understand that part in order to, like, no, you know, why isn't she this, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's, what's happening? Here? There's these really beautiful conversations, hard but beautiful conversations that we had where, yeah, I realized and that I was broken through this and that I needed to forgive myself because I knew that the Lord forgave me and that he cleansed me mm-hmm. um, when I recommitted my life to him. I just feel that, like, God loves me so much that mm-hmm. he that He gave me Chris. Like, he mm-hmm. gave me this tangible human in front of me that showed me that grace showed me that tenderness that I was worthy of it Mm -hmm. and I mean that's a relationship like that's that's what marriage is a husband is supposed to love his wife like Christ loves the church and you know we are the church I am the church (laughs) like and he loves me in that way but Chris really showed that to me can you tell the men or husbands where that love or that source of love came the moment i realized that i wanted to marry her i instantly found out that hey this this woman was put into my life for a reason she's the one that brought me to the lord i mean she's the one that that opened my mind of course the lord this is all his work but him using her i was like you put this right in front of me i'm not marrying this woman i'm not this gift this tangible gift right in front of me i'm not doing anything about it and I was like... He's like, she needs you. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, no, she needs you down the she road. Needs you. <laughs> Before I was a believer, I thought, you know, this is just some woman. Uh, you know, it sounds bad. But, At least you know, can say some female. <laughs> just kidding. But looking at her as, as God's daughter, you know, God's daughter. And this woman was provided to me from him. That's where I get my source. That's like a quick reminder that, hey, you guys are in an argument, you better apologize. Even though it's not mm. your fault. If the only source of, I don't know. Love. love was from my wife if that was all i relied on to love her back then it, this wouldn't work if i consistently remind myself that this is my wife this is your daughter lord this is you put me in this role to take care of her and this family th- these are all the sources of love that i find in the especially in the tough times you know like when i don't feel like loving her back mm-hmm. i'm called to love her back I, I gotta remind myself hey this is your wife i gave you this woman like mm-hmm. I gave you this son. I gave you this family. I gave you this home. Like that that's that's my source. That's why wouldn't I enjoy this? Why wouldn't I love her back? You know, that that's where I get my source. From. But like you can't always every single day, every minute of the day love your spouse. Like right. we're imperfect. Like mm-hmm. we fight, we say mean things, we um, you know, we do things that might hurt the other person, but love and roses every day. It's getting your source of love from God and not right. Not putting that on your spouse because they're not perfect, but he is. So, yeah. And Jess, I know your heart is for this, and I we're on the same page with this because we have similar testimonies in some ways that we used to find our worth in relationships or yes, guys, identity and titles, or that's what love is about is sex. Right. That's the only way that that's how it's shown. That's mm-hmm. how you feel loved and all of that. But power. Yeah. Right. And we we both love this book. And it's called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. I feel like maybe not all, can't put everyone in this category, but most girls could probably just read it and have parallels with the main character in that book. So I like to leave you with resources, and I felt like that book you would want to share that with girls. Because, yeah, I mean, just to say it really quick, the main character, Mm -hmm. you know, she has a hard life that, in this case, she didn't choose, but, you know, she continued to choose, but... 
I guess she didn't actually find worth in healing um, until she found her relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything just, I don't know, I feel like fell off of her. (laughs) Even looking back to, you know, sex before marriage and you continue to want to stay with them because you feel the shame that you already did this and you don't want to have to add another person. You don't want to sleep with another person and keep finding like it's Mm -hmm. kind of like another notch like you're you're giving yourself away Mm -hmm. I can't stress that enough that sex before marriage is giving yourself away Mm -hmm. it's taking that out of you you're giving this person that might not be your husband and you're giving them the like most intimate part of you this isn't about body parts this is about the most intimate part of you like you yeah like yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if I can add to that, you know, if you're a woman or if you're, you're a man, you're literally taking, you're literally robbing from your husband or your future spouse. You know, you, you're literally saying, you know, I don't care. I'm going to have sex with this person. Whether I'm their husband or wife yeah. or not. Because once you do get married, that that's the baggage you, you carry. No matter what you can do, you can't do anything about it. That's something that you already gave yourself to someone else. So you, you can't get rid of it. You, you can't get rid that. of it. You're that's robbing your wife or your husband from your full potential. You know, your full... Yeah. And this isn't, again, this isn't talking about virginity. This isn't talking about body parts or experience. This isn't talking about that. It's it's truly being able to give that to your husband, being able to give that to your wife, that, Mm -hmm. you know, she's the only one you have had, will have from now on eyes for. um, Because those things stick and they have consequences. And to kind of go back to the resource to thing, it's not easy. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Just okay. I'm gonna stop. Um, there, you do it with somebody else. You know, like mm-hmm. seek resources, seek fellowship, seek friends that'll encourage you and keep you accountable. Read books, get knowledge. To us, it really helped mm-hmm. to dive into what is the bio, what is the biology of what sex is. Um, mm-hmm. How does it bind you together? Mm-hmm. How, um, like, what is a soul tie? Um, what was sex designed for? Who who designed it? Who designed marriage? Who designed um, just so many things, so many testimonies that we talk to people. So there's resources out there that that will help because it's it's if you can do it just like that, then amazing. But for us, um, it was hard, and we did find resources. We read books and heard books, and um, and it was helpful. And also, it's so important to go to a good Bible teaching church because. I think that was one of the most important things, too, is that when Chris started coming to church with me, um, our pastor would straight out say, if you are in a relationship where you are not equally yoked, meaning your boyfriend does not mm-hmm. is not a Christian, does not believe that there is a God, or your girlfriend doesn't, they're going to hold you down. And that happened to be the truth in our relationship at that point, but it spoke to us, and it we both kind of sunk into the pew like, Ugh, like he's talking yeah, about he's us. smacking me from the pew. <laughs> yeah, and it's really important that that your um, pastor, whoever's leading you in your walk at that point, um, says those things. And I'm so grateful that he did. If somebody was just enabling or saying or not talking about those hard topics at the pulpit, then um, we wouldn't have been convicted of that. And that's not them saying, you guys are wrong. You guys are going to go to hell. You, right. No, like no, that's con- not. no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Yeah. Um, but taking that role seriously. Mm-hmm. But that that completely spoke to us and allowed us to say what we're doing is wrong. And it's not because the Bible like, is saying 
oh my gosh, you're a horrible person. No, it's because it hurts you. Um, a pastor, um, I forgot who it was, but I saw like a little clip on Instagram that said, um, you know, the commandments are there to to tell you like, don't have extramarital sex. Like, okay, don't cheat on your wife. Why not just, oh my gosh, don't do it because it's a rule. Don't break the rule. Mm. It's because it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your family. It's going to hurt your wife. It's going to break you. That is why there's boundaries because he loves us. Just like a parent, if you guys are parents out there, like now I get to know this, Mm. but your parents are never going to want to do something to actually hurt you. Yes, we're all broken and they're going to do things to hurt, but they're not going to say, oh my gosh, like I'm going to keep them from this beautiful or this fun, amazing experience just because I want them to not break a rule. No, they do it because they don't want you to be hurt. They don't want you to burn yourself. They don't want you to break. Like they don't want you to hurt yourself. And that is what our father in heaven wants. And that's why we have the Bible because... Yeah. He he's saying don't do these things because it's gonna hurt oh, you. And yeah. I just wish that when I did hear that, I would have known that he loved me. Yeah. Not just don't do this right. because right. some yes. old book tells you. It's it's love. It's right. I love you, and I don't want you to hurt yourself. Because right. <laughs> if you think about it, we're we're all still children. We're you know if you're a child of God, you need to hear, you know, you need to hear the boundaries that you that you need to stay within. You need to constantly hear, you know, yeah. that, to to forgive to. You know, to, to be slow to anger. These are things that you need to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I'm grown. I do what I want. I need to, you know, I already know the like rules. I don't need, I don't I don't need, need anything to tell me this. Yeah. Like, right. And I think that's, that's the culture. That's probably need it. Sex is off the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> that discipline, I guess, that we learned before marriage and choosing to try to stay pure until we got married really helped us, I guess, build that muscle in order to... You know, like after baby, yes, you have to wait six weeks, but sometimes you got to wait more. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's a little impossible. Yeah. yeah, it that's what we're going through right now. Yeah. And, and that, like, God I, knew. Mm-hmm. God knew. And there's going to be times, you know, not just after baby, but disease or tired or distance or whatever it is. But, um, you know, to not have extramarital sex. <laughs> I think that's why it's really important for you to find your source in, in God as your love. Because if sex is your love, then, you know, these four months would have been hell. You know, we would have just been, like, completely, you know, unattached. Because that source of what we, where we find our love is, you know, it's, it's gone. So I, I heard something really good by Tim Keller. Tim Keller is excellent. He compares marriage to raising a child. So mm. when you raise a child, for example, my son, he's four months old. He's... He's not doing anything for me. He's not uh, mowing my lawn. He's not washing my dishes. Why should I love him back? Mm. No, you love him because he's your son. There's going to be times in your marriage where you're not going to receive love for a a period of time, but you're still called to love that person. That that person was put in your life for a reason. Children can't love you back at this age. You know, they're going to cry. You need to take care of them. But for some reason, you still do it with love, right? You love that child. Um, for husbands, think of your wife, not as a child, but think, yeah. just remind, remind yourself, hey, God gave me this woman. Mm-hmm. No matter if she's not going to love me or not, I need to continuously love her. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're called intimacy. to do. And you said the struggle is real. You're not saying real. it's yeah. not yeah. like a walk in the park. Right. I mean, especially men out there, you know, yeah. Especially if you're married and you enjoy sex, you enjoy your wife, you enjoy pleasing your wife, you enjoy being pleased. Yeah. Um, but if that's your only source, then you're not going to be happy. For example, what my wife is going through, yeah. 
you'll love her through that. So by the time she's healed, she's going to love you back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's going to love you back. <laughs> you have something to look forward to. I got something to look forward to. Yeah. I'm just filling her love tank right now, you know? Yeah. And that's where your joy is found. I can yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. Like, in this new season, how has becoming parents changed your marriage? For a quick parenting thing, I, yeah. just something that I... New, new parents. parents. I say new parents. New parents. I mean, even a lot of old parents, if you're... Like, <laughs> well, well, what I'm about to say. Even well, if you have, like, a... Veteran parents. Whatever, like, but I don't know, whatever you're going to say, I have no idea. But even if you're struggling with that, it's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> but for the new parents, out, or for the new fathers out there, you, you know, if, if your wife is solely breastfeeding, um, some some husbands or some fathers are unable to bond with their child for the first couple of months because they can't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Well, it be a dad and be a diaper, super duper diaper dad, you know? <laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night and be the person to change the diaper. That's yeah, You're yeah. creating a bond with your child because you can do that for your wife and your child. It's yeah. a combo, you know. Don't just say, oh, here you go, breastfeed, go to sleep. Even feeding, though. Even if it's bottle feeding, like, it's. I'm so grateful that yeah. at nighttime all I had to worry about is picking him up and feeding him. And Chris was able to, to change his diapers um, mm. and I didn't have to do that. And it was kind of equal and I didn't feel like there was room for me to have resentment because... I love my sleep. And if he was asleep during that, I probably would have bit his head off. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, I think, sometimes. when He wouldn't get up fast enough. Yeah. But, so, like, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can, dads, I think it would be a big, big help. Yeah. Um, and your wife's going to love you. And it's helped me. Yeah. And to be completely raw, like there's times where she woke me up to change a diaper and I did not, I I had to work in the morning. I don't want to do this. Like I need to sleep. Mm -hmm. But it's that you got to practice that self-denial. You got a child, you got a wife. Mm -hmm. Your your wife is waking up in the middle of the night, breastfeeding all night. She has to wake up for 20 minutes. You you only have to wake up for five minutes. Yeah. Feeding or breastfeeding. Or, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Feeding or breastfeeding. (laughs) Um, Do your part. You know, you're a man. Tough it up. That's the other thing, too, I guess the advice that I would give is some of us before baby, like, we're fun and we have energy and we go out and we want to go to the movies or dancing and whatever. It's really interesting how, you know, your wife could have been, you know, this fun, energetic girl. <laughs> and after baby, she's a new person um, inside and out. Like, not not that she's forgotten about you or anything, but she's a whole new person. She might not seem fun anymore she might not you know just have the same energy but that she is becoming a mother um so i think that it's so important for dad to fall in love with that mother to not just tolerate the mom oh she's a mom but it's it's to fall in love with the the mom because she's a whole new person whether she goes back to being fun energetic or or not or she has new responsibilities or fun is redefined yeah fun is redefined like she's not boring (laughs) one last question i was gonna say what is one area in your marriage you'd like to work on for your spouse's sake like i mentioned before you know coming from two different households two different uh environments communication is a lot different uh you know she comes from a house that's a little bit louder (laughs) when she speaks to me i receive it differently when she's not Hold on. You're saying what I have to work on, not what you have to work on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm working on... No, no, no. I'm working to it. No, work on your... You say what you need to work on. Don't say what I need to work on. So you better start over. And what I'm trying to say is that I'm working on, you know, how I receive and how I communicate out. I used to be a person who will internally keep it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll just be passive and let 
let things happen and and I won't speak up for myself. I'll just take the hit. You know, I don't care. Like I rather just have the peace. But that's not real peace. That's just just a carpet. Something right. sweeping under the carpet. It's gonna explode one day. Um, so I'm I'm learning to speak up about how I feel. That's hard if you haven't been raised that way. Yeah. If you haven't talked through feelings. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and I'm a talker. Like I talk through things. Yeah, something that I need to work on or that I've like noticed in other wife friends so it's really important to have your your friends and your tribe of other wives too so that you can sharpen each other to be encouraging to my husband (laughs) because I'm not a very good encourager and when I do encourage it does not sound like encouragement and I have beautiful friends that encourage their husbands so well saying good job and it's okay next time mm-hmm. instead of like you could have done that better <laughs> how you say so. it that's a hard one yeah and that has if to I do like, with past too like your how you were raised yeah. and also how you receive it too because if i encourage you if i say hey you did a great job you're probably not gonna believe me because right. you're not used to getting that yeah you know? if it's not in the way you expect it to be yeah coming at you yeah. you're not gonna receive it but learning that communication communication is yeah it's a big one I'm not married, but yeah. I've learned that too. Yeah, that's oh, hard. You're gonna learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna learn, girl. Um, well, is there any like parting words? Anything on your guys' hearts last? Sakai, you got anything else to say? <laughs> I guess if you're a girl out there, if you're in a relationship, if you have a boyfriend and you're having sex with him, um, or you want him to be, I guess the one, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> you want him to be your husband, or you want your relationship to strengthen, or move forward, try it. Stop having sex. Um, more importantly, like if you are seeking a relationship with God and he's holding you back, or maybe he's not so obviously holding you back, but if you're seeking a relationship and you're over there thinking, okay, if he wasn't in my life, okay, what if we break up? If we break up, then maybe I can't then after that. But just if, if you're seeking a relationship with God and he is somehow stopping you, then just stop having sex. Stop having sex and you will see what your relationship is made of, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it can it can go very positive, or it can go south real fast, right. and you'll find out who, you know, who you, I guess, are wasting your time with, yeah. um, who that person really is. And you know what? If they put effort, which I'm so thankful, you know, when I brought that conversation up, that Chris was willing to love me through that and to just stay um, together through that, you know, you'll know, you'll learn different ways to live each other. But anyway, what I meant was if you're that girl yeah. that wants a relationship with God or wants to have a pure relationship, then just do it and find out what he's made of, what your man is made of. What about to wives and mamas? Wives and mamas. Everything is normal. <laughs> Everything is normal. Everything you're going through is normal. I'm a new mom. I don't know much. All I know is just be nice. Have nice words. Don't shame anybody or say anything. But I just think words are so, so important. And they were very important to me. Buy our tickets to Lion King. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Let her go to the movies. Yeah, bring her coffee. Bring her some food. Just Just, access love. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. because that's going to mean so much. And then that's just going to carry over. How much do you need, Dad? So, as I want to speak to the husbands. Um, Well, first, let me speak to the boyfriends. Um, (laughs) if, If... if you're out there and you, you know you're claiming that God's first, is He really? Question yourself. Say, is God first in in my relationship? Am I seeking Him? Because if you're seeking Him, you don't want to hurt that girl. You don't want to continuously have sex with her because that's what you feel is fun and best and what pleases you. 
if what pleases you is to honor God, then choose him first. Stop hurting your girlfriend. If, if she's the one, seek a marriage with her. Learn how to love God's way and do the thick and thin. When you are married, you can survive. Yeah. <laughs> you will survive. You'll know how to love your wife. Yeah. So practice on putting God first. Yeah. Don't just say it. Don't just go to church because that's what makes you feel better. Go just there, learn. <laughs> go there, learn, receive, and practice it. I mean, it's it's truth. So yeah. once you practice truth, you'll you'll understand. Yeah. And if you seek God with a pure heart, you will find Him. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes to whether she has a relationship with God or not. Just stop. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just yeah. stop having sex with her. Because, stop taking yeah. that from her. And for husbands, I don't remember. But, I'm trying to remember right now. We're in this together. Husbands, we're in it together, man. <laughs> you. Talk to each other. Be vulnerable with each other. Literally, just those fights, I know you want to, I know you want to be the man and, and yell or raise your voice or yeah. go to a room and talk to God. Mm-hmm. Go in there. He's going to make you humble yourself because mm-hmm. there, there's fights where I had to go to another room and just pray. And mm-hmm. after that prayer... I know he's telling me, go in there and say sorry. So that moment of, if you go back into that room and you're humbled, then you actually did the yeah, right thing. Right. If you go back into that room and you're yelling again, then go back to the room again and pray. Because <laughs> you're, you're, not, yeah. you're not doing what the Lord's calling you to do mm-hmm. and, and love your wife and understand her and forgive and ask for forgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's times where you, you won't see your fault because you're so big at it. Yeah. So do the world's definition of be a man, be a man mm-hmm. of what? The Bible says and what the Lord tells you to, how to be a man. And being a man says, I'm sorry. Wow. And sometimes when you're on your knees in the other room, the Lord is telling your wife to say right. sorry. Oh. And then sometimes she'll, go into, the, sometimes she'll go into the other room and ask, <laughs> offer you cucumbers, even though that means I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Cucumbers mean I'm sorry. Cucumbers. Yeah. That's my and love language, too. Oh, that's another tip. That's another tip. When you can't say sorry, just say something nice. Just, yeah. just when you oh. cannot say sorry. And remember what I said? Nice. When you're upset and you don't want to be upset, do something. Remember I started rubbing yeah. your feet? The moment I started, I didn't want to rub her feet, but I knew <laughs> I had to do something to get out of my bubble. So I started rubbing her feet and then I started to calm the down. The feelings of and love then, followed. Yeah. This I had to do the magical. action. This is magical. <laughs> he started rubbing my feet and all of a sudden I felt like a terrible person and I said Ooh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> So husbands, husbands if you rub want the feet. your wife to apologize, <laughs> rub the feet. Just, just rub the feet. <laughs> then you're like, I don't deserve it. Be a servant and like Jesus even, and wash the feet. Yeah. It works. Oh my gosh, it totally does. Yeah. Because wow. Yeah. Interesting. It does. That's so good. if you're mad, be a servant. Mm, I love that. That's good, guys. Yay. Thank you, guys, so much for being on. Thank you, Zakai. Thank you for Zakai for <laughs> your input. Bye. Bye. Bye.